And we're back in more ways than one. It's the you know the cliche radio thing to say when you're back from commercial break or whatever, but it's also thing to say when you're back from CSM. I just flew back from Boston, and boy, are my arms tired. That was a lot of work. At least How you didn't you? have to fly to Texas. Otherwise, your arms would be really tired. That's next year. Next year is Texas. It sure is. Yeah. Uh, Elise, the Onco PT. I'm Jimmy. Uh, I work for PT Pinecast, which is me. I work for myself. Um, we did CSM, which is APTA's uh, combined sections meeting, the largest gathering of physical therapists in the world. That is verified. I believe the final tally was somewhere just north of 16,000 physical therapists getting together wow. in nice, balmy Boston, Massachusetts in February. Highlights from the conference. What'd you take away? What were things that you were like, yeah, this is on my highlight reel? Besides the things that we could, let's just get, I mean, Seeing friends, rubbing elbows, making new ones. Mm -hmm. That happens every conference, right? So what were some of the things that happened outside of that? Because those are nice. This was the first conference that I genuinely felt confident enough in what I know and understand about oncology to go to non-oncology programming. Yeah. And I feel like the the more well-rounded aspect, you know, and that's why we call it the combined sections meeting, right? All the academies and sections are meeting and putting on programming. But I think there was so much that I learned that I can take back for my oncology patients who, you know, they're not, they don't just have cancer, right? They have right. all the things, they have a heart, they have a pelvic floor. And there was a lot that I felt like I learned that was really, really applicable and is going to help me be a more well-rounded clinician. Yeah. Um, something that I picked up, I did a lot of interviewing, obviously I didn't get to attend as many, um, sessions. I gave a session on communications. It was pretty, I thought well received, right? No one threw anything at me, which is always good. Um, mine, I'm going to redo that session. So I'm pulling a Taylor Swift. I'm so excited for this. Here's my Taylor Swift move, which is, Hey, her masters were sold or her catalog was sold to someone. Mm -hmm. She was like, that's not cool. And then uh, you know, the, do you know the backstory on this? Kelly Clarkson tweeted at Taylor Swift and, and was like, you know, it'd be a shame if you went into the studio and re-recorded all your songs because then they would be new versions and they would belong to you. So I'm not doing this to like go behind APTA's back. Like I'm doing it to make what I'm saying more accessible. And it's sort of meta because in my presentation i was like hey you're it was to researchers it was the academy mm -hmm. of research and i was like you're researchers you do a bunch of research and then you get published and you're done and i'm like but you're not done in my from my view you need to okay. promote that okay. no one else does that the journal's responsibility is to publish it in a journal they are essentially they might do a couple of things they are essentially done they're not banging the drum for you for you know with you they're not so i needed to set the problem which is you set out on this journey to record or to to do research because you wanted people you wanted to achieve understanding with people and i want to be very understanding does that mean someone does something that you want them to do believes something that you want them to do it's that you have an understanding right i don't need you to like this or buy this but we have to be on the same page right so you did that and then we need to understand that you just publishing isn't the end zone. It's not. When, yeah. so at the conference, I was in a session and it was a really, really good session. And one of the comments made, you know, the oft cited statistic of 
It takes 17 years before, you know, from when research comes out to when it's really, truly implemented, like in the clinical setting. And so someone got up and was, you know, talking about, and it was probably from a researcher's perspective of, you know, we've published two articles in, you know, journals on this topic. We did this, we did this. And I don't know that it was the exact same time as your presentation, Jimmy, but it was so timely in that across the convention center somewhere, or, you know, at one of the hotels, you were presenting on this exact topic. And I think what that communicates to us is this information, even though it was presented at CSM, which is probably the largest audience of physical therapists that we can get in any one place at one time physically, it's still not enough to reach the masses. And so when you put that poll up or whatever on, you know, Twitter X the other day and said, should I do it? I mean, I all over that cannot wait for that to come out because it's so necessary. We're big, dumb humans. We need to be reminded of something and coaxed, right? Tell your kid to clean their room. Do you think they do it the first time? Of course not. But adults are not different on that. We need to be coaxed into things. And research is no different because you're asking someone. And here's how I I do it as a parallel to a relationship. Mm hmm. If you were to, the, you have coffee with someone, you meet someone, you have coffee, and then you get married. And that's not how it happened. There are some steps in between there, right? <laughs> you publishing something, sharing the link on Twitter or Facebook or emailing it to someone is one way. But also how you're doing that thing, right? Like, I tell people all the time, if your post or your video starts off with I, you lost. I worked on it i published an article in whatever on this i it's out if you start with you it's an easier mindset shift mm-hmm. you can learn how to do blank for blank easier you can learn blank to do blank for blank faster cheaper frame it from a me perspective because we're all big dumb animals and we're trying to sort through all the different messages that we get every single right. day right on how is this going to help me become a better version of me so if elise said I released a course on something in oncology PT. Like, that's good. Okay, good for you. Hey, good. Now clap. Good for you, Elise. If you frame it, if you would, you can become better at this in half the time. Now you have my attention. You have a chance. And I'm just saying, frame it differently. So I frame the argument or the problem. You're a researcher. You do research. You publish research. You're done, but you're not done. And then I come to their rescue, or at least I explain why. I'm like, you're not incentivized to do this. You don't have the tools of training over time. You don't have the people, the product, or the process. Um, but I can show you how to do it. There are people who exist in this world called science communicators that you can hire or partner with. Or if you're at a major university, you might have those people. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to point that out. And then I, and then my co-presenter, Sheila, is a researcher. She picked a random paper, and we did all the things, you know, made a That's video, really cool. turned, turned some of the um, research findings into a LinkedIn article at the bottom. There's a link to the full paper. So I don't want to do a theoretical, like, you know, um, campaign about a paper about widgets. I wanted to do about a real thing. So I'm redoing that today at noon. So in like an hour, I'm just going to oh jump on and do my part of the presentation. And she is also going to eventually do her part of the presentation. And we're mm-hmm. going to share it on YouTube. And then it's going to live there. Forever and ever and ever until a meteor strikes Earth and and kills everything and YouTube, but it right, forever. YouTube, that's why. Right, but it's going to be there, 
and it's searchable and it's the world's largest search engine which is owned by the world's uh, sorry youtube is the world's second largest search engine which is owned by google which is the world's first uh, largest search engine so it's fun mm -hmm. so i'm going to do it today and likely no one's going to watch it live maybe some people watch it live maybe but that's but tomorrow, okay and every day after that this thing exists so i am planting seeds and if to me i said i had a room full of 100 people right so there are 100 people in my mm -hmm. presence i knew two two we're actually going to listen to what I said. I was okay with that. The rest of them understood and agreed with me, but I understood mm -hmm. math. Two were actually going to do it. And I was like, okay, I'm standing here anyway. So great. We'll do this. And two people will actually do it. A hundred of you nodded agreed, but two actually were going to do it. I'm like, I like them odds because I'm realistic about those odds. So that's, that's how my CSM went. You know, and I want to pull out a couple of things that you said that are really important. So number one, I want to commend you on the fact that not only did you present this as here's the problem, you didn't stop there, right? You said, yeah, here's how we fix the problem, but not just theoretically how is how yeah. we fix the problem is this. You then broke it down with an example. And I mean, when we're working, let's, let's take it to patient care. When we're working with patients and we say, we need to strengthen blah, 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 right? Whatever we're working on. We don't just tell them, hey, you need to strengthen this muscle. See you next week. We provide them with, you know, an exact method by which to do that. And not only do we just say, here's, you know, here's a, a handout, right? Or we shouldn't be saying here's a handout, but then we demonstrate it for them. We demonstrate it with them. We are, you know, cueing them through different methods on like, you know, here's how to do it. Here's different, you know, ways not to do it, et cetera. We don't just leave it at here's the problem. Here's the, you know, theoretical fix with our clients. Why are we trying to do that in the research realm too? Like if we're trying to get clinicians, ideally, right, we're trying to get us to implement something in our practice. If we just put out a paper that says, this works. This is how to do it. Right. You're right. We're like, as humans, we're, we're, there are too many competing messages and so much other stuff that we have to do to just kind of stay alive on a day-to-day -day basis. It's not going to make its way into practice in a timely fashion. It's going to ruffle a lot of feathers right now. Okay. But I'll sum up what you just said. We are not Intel business. We are in show business. Oh, I and love that, that is not to minimize that there's scientific evidence and rigor and that we're not just vapid i'm not trying to lump us in with the kardashians although they are slick business people if you really want to get to the bottom of it they understand how to capture attention and monetize mm -hmm. that make a living out of themselves you're in show business you would not as you just said tell someone about an, an exercise you would show them so in research you're not telling me what you found i need you to show me what you found i think i had a slide that came up and i i, I try to say the same thing 15 different ways right? Because one or two of those are going to resonate and 13 might not. Excellent. I understand how odds work. And I said, don't tell me about a story. I want you to tell me a story. And the difference is when you tell me a story versus tell me about a story, when you tell me the story, I see nuance. I can picture it. I can see myself in that story. If I say to you right now, at least we didn't prepare this, but I say Goldilocks, you understand what I'm I'm telling you, don't touch other people's stuff. If I tell you the three bears, it's, listen, sacrifice now to plan for the future because eventually the big bad wolf is coming. There's a reason that fairy tales and things that we do for kids are based in stories. They're, and then look at movies. Every movie is a transformation story. And when it's not, it's just a bunch of things that happened 
but when there's a common thread, we can wrap our heads around them. So don't mm -hmm. tell me a story. Uh, sorry, don't tell me about a story. I want you to tell me the story. A story has yeah. a beginning, middle, and end. There's a reason for it. It was either to educate me or entertain me. And I break that down for researchers too. I understand that there's lots of things that you can do with phones and computers and cameras, and microphones these days. There's only two. You can educate me, make me smarter, or you can entertain me, appease my animal brain. Me, I like what's happening. I'm giggling or I'm scared, whatever those things are. Mm -hmm. Or, but wait, there's more. There's a third thing. Can you be entertaining and educational at the same time? People that can, can capture attention. Mm -hmm. And unt unless I capture your attention, I don't have a chance. So I sort of, you know, gave researchers a little bit of grief. I was like, please do not just take a screenshot of your abstract, put it on Instagram and think that's communication. That's, mm -hmm. That is communication. That's bad communication. That's telling me about a story. Don't tell me about a story. Tell me a story. And then I sort of went through each each social platform because these are tools. And I was like, here's how this one is used. What works on Twitter wouldn't work on Instagram. Here's why. One is very visual and one is very text. I was like, I, I, I can relate. This isn't your jam. Your jam is research. But these are tools. And if you understand the physics of them, why you set out in the first place to achieve understanding is easier to achieve. That's it. You know, and I, I I did it in a mock football game. Did I tell you about this? Yeah. Mock football game, right? And I had them, the team science versus team pseudoscience, the quacks. Mm -hmm. uh, I had team science about to win the game, and they took a knee on the 17-yard line, right? <sighs> you guys were so close. You guys were so close. Why'd you stop? Oh, my God. I, That's so good. I thought this was as far as we were supposed to go. My goal is to get published, right? No, it's not actually the goal. Your goal is to achieve understanding. And I think if we, a little bit of a mindset shift, I don't think it's going to change the world, but it might change a, a few people's belief and understanding of it. And then maybe that's, I don't think we're going to take 17 years from publish to practice mm -hmm. down to zero. Uh, but maybe we knock a couple years off that. I also did hear from someone, I think his name is Roderick, commented on Facebook. And he was like, he made me think, he was like, there is a good reason it takes a while a good reason in that delay, which is not everything that comes out is immediately adopted, which I was like, that's a great point. I like that buffer, which, which allows for a lot of people, a lot of things to be weeded out, right? Here's this new Absolutely. thing. Everybody jumps on it. That's not good either. But I think he and I both agreed 17 years. That's a, that's feels a little long. Right. And we're I also looking at research, not just stuff like this was peer reviewed research which has more rigor than like, I have a new thing and then I run an ad and people buy it and everybody does it. So I think we're never going to go from 17 to zero. I think it'd probably be good if it's good to have a little delay, right? To see if things out there. But I think less than 17 is optimal. So in my lifetime, would I like right. to see that 17 down to 10 or maybe less than 10? Yes. Like, could we get it to a single digit number? Like I don't know. I'll ask a researcher. What would be it? That's where I get to say, I don't know the answer, mm. but I know that that's that more research is required. What would be a good amount of time to both get it into practice to help more people faster and also right. not be something where you just turn the wheel whenever the new fad comes out? So mm -hmm. uh, I'm giving my presentation away, a la Taylor Swift. I'm doing that on YouTube. So if I you're listening that. to the podcast and you're like, damn it, I missed it. You didn't because that's how YouTube live streams work. As soon as I'm done with the live stream, it becomes a video. So subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel at PT Podcast. What were, uh, here's another observation I made. A lot of people were walking around with camera phones, but that's not new. But they were using them to 
share things and communicate in business and in their practice. So I don't think that I need to yell and scream that communication needs to be in your workflow. These are things you need to do. I think people are understanding that. I think we've achieved or are achieving understanding Mm -hmm. for clinicians. They're like, I'm not a marketer. I'm not a communicator. And I'm like, we're in show business, not tell business. And that's Mm -hmm. not that's not to minimize or make vapid or superficial what you do. That is the way to amplify. So I'm seeing a lot more people make explainer videos and they're getting their heads around oh, if I can take time to present this in a different way that's digestible and spreadable, man, I, I don't, I multiply myself. Doing a really mm-hmm. great video about um, a new way to transfer a patient or something, spending an hour on that video, that video is now being viewed while you're sleeping or while you're treating patients later. It's the only way to truly multiply yourself. Yes, Yes. You know, and this is something that I think is, it's, it's more of a conversation that's been going on in the business world, like not PT land, but just kind of other businesses for a long, long time. But we are at this point of, I think PT is finally on the the bandwagon of uh, my time is limited. My time is finite. There's one of me and I can spend that time doing one-on-one patient care, which is very, very important, but I know that I'm not going to be able to reach everybody. I know, like you said, you had a hundred people in your presentation, not all 16,000 people at CSM saw your presentation. Would they benefit from it? hundred percent, but not everybody came to that. So how can we take that information. And I, I really want to commend the clinicians who are doing that because they're taking, they're, they're showing up for these presentations. They are taking in this information and they are already doing some of that pre-work that you talked about of, Hey, researchers, like let's get on board. They're kind of doing that digestion and then sending that information out to maybe their colleagues back home, maybe their patients in their private practice. And not only is that the communication of like, what is that information? But I think it's also lending more credibility to that physical therapist, for example, who is going to these things, learning, showing that they're learning and saying, I'm working to get better. And I think that is something that the public is excited to see or should be excited to see that, hey, we're going and we're learning these things and now we're bringing it back to implement in our own communities. Because man, I know I've said this previously, Fort Worth is a big city, but there are times when we are really lacking a lot of necessary healthcare infrastructure, especially in oncology, which again is my world. And so knowing even people in my community are seeing what I'm bringing back, I think is helping to elevate the level of care that we're able to provide. I think it's, I think it took, uh, 1% of the, of any group to do it. And then 2% goes, Oh, I should do that. And then 4% and then 8% and then 16. I think it just grows. So I think we're starting to see that where a PT hosting a podcast seven years ago was really cute and weird. And that's nice that you do that. And I got a pat on the head. And now at doing that is is jump the shark. Are you even old enough to know what jump the shark is? No, nope, I sure don't know what that means. <laughs> um, I've got it. all right. So did you, did you ever see the show on reruns? Obviously, because I was it was before my time too. But Happy Days, the uh, Fonz. No, all right. No, I know no, of it. It was, it was the show of the moment of its time, and when shows stay on the air too long, the writers have to like 
they've sort of like told stories of the characters and they sort of got nowhere to go. Well, one of them was the Fonz and he was like this cool guy who lived weird over the garage of the family and that the focus, the show was the focus on. And at some point he wore this leather jacket, motorcycle jacket. And he was like, cool, right? Cool hair. At some point, for some reason in the plot of a show, he water ski jumped over a shark to save the day somehow. (laughs) And they were like, this show used to be culturally like the show. And now we got the main character. Who's the cool guy. For some reason, somehow the plot was like, you're going to water ski jump over a shark. (laughs) And that meant we have nothing else to do with these characters. We're now making him jump sharks. It meant the show, like, we need to end the show. Like, why Seinfeld probably could have went on for a few more years. And Jerry Seinfeld was like, I, we don't have it. We've squeezed this toothpaste spot, you know, tube too much. There's nothing left. So that yeah, is why right. I will break out a Jump the Shark reference. It's like, this is over. Like, we're not watching this anymore. Um. So anyway, <laughs> I think I think we've gotten to the point now in 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 culture where people are understanding my viewpoint can be easily shared and if done right often enough right frequency intensity time type volume progression those are exercise principles they're also communication principles if -hmm. you do that right you can garner an audience and that is how you actually start to spread understanding so Mm -hmm. people are understanding that the thing they're holding in their pocket is a tool that they can bring insight to their local community in Fort Worth or upstate New York, wherever you might be, mm-hmm. or a profession. So time and space don't matter. Geography and time, because I'm going to record something, I'm going to do something live today at noon in my house in New York that anybody can see live in the moment. But don't worry, subscribe to the YouTube channel and you can watch it later. I would push that saying, I am doing nothing necessarily uh, ev- revolutionary. It was not possible 15 years ago to do this. Now it is. It's possible for you now, take out science communication principles and put in whatever you're knowledgeable about. I'd push back and say, why aren't you sharing? You got you to give me 10 reasons why you shouldn't do that. And if the first couple are, I feel funny, that's okay. Do it anyway, because you'll get over it. I've been broadcasting since I was 17 years old, since 1997. I'm 44. I that's still crazy. don't love the sound of my own voice. I talk a lot. Some people will say I love I love to talk, but don't don't mistake my my <laughs> hearing the sound of your own voice is still weird. Doesn't matter, share it anyway. Doesn't matter, share it anyway. Um, I think the world would be a better place if we share good information. Well, the, the everything too that came up, mm-hmm. uh, a fantastic researcher who stayed after the presentation to talk with me was like, people could use these tactics that you're sharing for evil, and I was like, people are using these tactics right now for evil this is why clickbait exists she's like well why don't we stop them and i said because we can't because the internet is just free and it's open and there are no regulations within you know with with most things i said the only thing you can do is just share really what you decide or what you think is really good right to help dilute the things that you decide are harmful because again those terms are subjective as well like what's good and what's bad so i said you know uh a lie has a lie's been around the world three times before the truth gets out of bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's not going to change. I'm very sorry, but it can get a little better if you start sharing good things. This does not mean you just start a podcast and do it every day like a you know some guy or some girl like I know. Uh, it does mean you can do that on the micro or macro, and it can reach right. people. So I, I, I like the question: If not you, then who? Yeah, if not now, then when? 
and again, like you said, you know, I'm, I like, I'm not trying to throw the Kardashians completely under the bus here, but, you know, going back to that researcher's question of there is going to be someone who is putting out this information or something contrary to that, no matter what you do, it's our responsibility as healthcare professionals to communicate accurate information that is appropriate for our patients. And if we're not doing that, someone else will, and it may not be what is necessarily the best, but until you're doing that, can't, you can't complain about it. Yeah. Right. So, so we were doing some stuff live in this session where my co-presenter brought up some things that she, so she runs, she, she'll break down articles, which I think is awesome. Like she's doing the chewing. And then she's sort of like, oh, oh, I did the chewing, but there's the full article, but this is my breakdown. I was like, that's great. That's that's creating micro content. And she shared like a couple of the articles and examples. And I said, OK, stop, stop. We didn't we didn't rehearse this. But like, how could she to the audience? How could she have written that email headline or the subject line better? And then I on the fly was like, what if she said this? What if she said this? And someone was like, wait, that last one you did doesn't sound accurate. I go, great. I'm just pitching here. I'm not telling you to be inaccurate. I'm not telling you to be sensational. I'm telling you to appear interesting. And that could, what I'm trying to, so have you ever, did we ever, we ever talk about peso? So it's, I don't know. It's, it's a paradigm and you've seen peso before on infomercials or commercials. And it goes problem, agitation, solution, outcome. The problem, I think, with researchers or healthcare professionals is we're so altruistic and we're so by the book. I published a paper on blah. It covered blah. You're giving me the facts. I need you to give me a little emotion and tell me what I'm going to be able to do with those facts Mm -hmm. after I have done the thing that you really want, which is read your thing, watch your thing, listen to your thing. Mm -hmm. Peso, I said, don't pay attention to dollars. Pay attention to pesos. And people are like, what does that mean? (laughs) Problem. So I'll give you an example. I'm sitting in my kitchen right now as we live stream this. I got a sink over there. When I was installing that sink, I was like, if I do this wrong, water might leak. It might like, damage my house. So problem, agitation, solution, uh, outcome. Problem. Water damage can cause thousands of dollars in your house, and you might not even know it. It might be leaking for... Now, here's an agitation. That's the problem. Agitation. It could be leaking right now, and you wouldn't know you it. Even know. And it's rotting the foundation of your house. That's the agitation. So problem agitation. Solution. Uh, bring in XYZ Plumbing Company, and we will look at every one of your pipes and give them the, and give them the XYZ seal of approval. Mm-hmm. And you'll never worry about water damage again. So those are those things. Problem, agitation, solution, outcome. I'm saying do that. Do not lie. Do not say anything that is not true. I'm not telling you to create clickbait for clickbait's sake. I'm telling you to communicate that peso is just one of many um, formulas or paradigms you can use. Can you change that up? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's just one of those things. And I bet you if you think back or think forward in the next 24 hours, you will come across a bunch of people trying to communicate things, products, services that'll use some form of peso. Look at every infomercial ever. Mock them all you want. They are good communicators. They mm-hmm. never. Uh, they made me buy something. They never made you buy anything. They made suggestions. This is the line from my favorite Peloton instructor. They made a suggestion. You made a decision. I'm telling researchers or clinicians to make make lots of suggestions mm-hmm. and hope that some people make 
what we subjectively think are good decisions, right? Exercise more, do this, mm-hmm. right? 10 years ago, exercising with cancer was, I don't know, maybe it was less than 10 years ago. Oh, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, exactly. People exactly. in oncology physical therapy have banged on that drum and probably used good and bad communication principles, but you've flooded the market with, no, we actually know better. So right. I would say if you if we had done it better, if that was the campaign we were going to run for all of oncology PT, if we had been more coordinated, it wouldn't have taken 10 years. It would have taken four and yeah. more people would have gotten better. And that's that's where I look at the 17 years from published to practice. And I'm like, oh, how many people are we not helping? And this is not just in our in, in, in our profession of physical therapy. This is everywhere. This is in general, right? And to pull out something you just said, Jimmy, that I want to make sure the listener really pays attention to here is multiple suggestions, uh multiple, you cannot, it is not a one and done. Okay. This is not a one and done. It needs to be multiple suggestions over time and maybe even multiple ways you are making those suggestions. Did we ever talk about 7-11-4? No. So 7-11-4 is this concept. I'm sure if you Google it, somebody else smarter than me came up with it. And they said, um, if you're listening to this podcast or watching this video, and you've heard me and Elise, or separately, if you listen to Elise or me, we have achieved 7-11-4. So 7-11-4 is before someone will really just sort of buy in and be like, oh, yeah, I listen to that guy. I watch that girl. They have, and these are the check boxes, or these are the milestones that you need to hit. So seven is seven hours. Seven hours of collective time. Okay. exposed to Elise before she is, achieves. And then, and I think I would have to, maybe you want to Google 7114, see what it is, what the outcome is. The outcome is like familiarity because we talk about this funnel or this idea of no like trust before someone will come to Elise's course live in Fort Worth or buy her course mm-hmm. or subscribe to her podcast. They kind of got, they got to know who she is. They kind of got to like her. Doesn't mean love. Right. It just means like, okay, this is a net positive experience. When I see her name or her logo or hear her speak, I get more than I gave. I get more something, feeling, emotion, information, entertainment than I had to give. And it does cost to listen to our podcast or watch your video. It costs your time. So Mm -hmm. no like and then trust. It really is trust. So to gain the audience's trust or someone's trust, when I say something, you sort of like, I might research that, but he sort of has my trust. I sort of believe it. So seven hours, and that does not mean I need you to listen to seven hours of a live stream. It's seven hours over time, right? Well, and so here's what, so it's seven hours because I just looked it up. Seven hours over 11 months across four locations and not necessarily like Jimmy mentioned geographic, but you know, four different entities in which you are encountering us, Instagram, podcast, YouTube you know, Twitter X, et cetera, you know, and that, mm, think that, about really that from stuff. a patient, think about that from a patient example, right? So that would be seven, one hour visits or 14 half hour visits before the person would be like, okay, could you, and the question is, how do I speed that up? If I feel like the information I have is good and again, I'm using air quotes, right? Cause it's all subjective, right? But if what you believe in your heart is good that you are going to share with this person, how can you speed that up? You record yourself, you video yourself, you write things, you do those things. And so the collective time could be reading a book that Elise wrote. Maybe she wrote a book. 
that's time that goes towards that seven hour thing. And the 11 months is, uh, I also heard, I heard 7-Eleven for seven hours over 11 instances. But I actually like 11 months because I think after a while it fades. It's like, yeah, I heard this guy a couple years ago. I haven't heard much from him mm-hmm. since. Like, I don't know. So yeah, seven hours over 11 months. And you might be like, "There's how do I get to seven hours? Again, 14 half hour visits with a patient interactions or listening to 14 30 minute podcast episodes right or i'm bad with math and going backwards and forwards but like yeah how many 15 minute videos would someone have to consume of yours before like yeah i've i'm a critical consumer of of content of my time and this person net positive in terms of i like how she delivers it she's talking about things i care about she is knowledgeable I feel better when I'm done consuming. And I'm telling you as a clinician, you don't have to be a podcast host or a YouTuber to um, to understand this. Think about it yourself. Who do you know and like and trust? Musicians, right? They want you to listen to a lot of their music, right? They want mm-hmm. you to get to the same thing, seven hours over 11 months. But if you haven't heard from the band in a while, it starts to fade that the 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 the, the depth of the relationship or the strength of the relationship starts to fade. And then the four locations, uh, you're right. It's it's that's why uh people will say, like, when when do you sleep, man? I see you everywhere. I use tools <laughs> that I'm recording with Elise right now at eleven AM on a Thursday, but you're gonna hear this next week and I'm gonna take a clip from this. I'm gonna put it on Instagram and I'll put it on Twitter and I'll put it on Facebook using tools to amp- multiply myself. And by doing that, I I get to seven eleven four right with more people. So more people listen. And then the more people listen, the more people share because that's the next level of, I hate calling it marketing because it has such a negative connotation. That's the that's the next yeah. level of sharing what people know about you is that's when someone makes a remark about you, when someone finds out that someone has cancer and they need PT, that's why your name comes up first. Yeah. Because they tr- they know you, they like you, they trust you. These are mm-hmm. these are simple principles. So if you're yeah. listening to this, I'm going to release the presentation only as a YouTube video, maybe as a podcast. I don't know because I do have some slides. Yeah, there are some visuals, but I tell people all the time too: the slides are for the presenter. It's to remind me what part of the story to tell, and I put them in a bunch in an order, and then I just sort of flip through, and it's it's sort of my oh yeah, tell this part of the story, tell this part of the story. But at no point do I read off the slides. So yeah, maybe mm-hmm. I, I mean, using that idea, I don't need this to be a video only. I'll share it as a podcast. But Well, yeah. and, you know, to kind of build off that, Jimmy, not everybody is a visual learner. Correct. There are different learning styles. Correct. So that could be, and again, this goes back to when Jimmy gave his presentation, when you were talking about it earlier, room of 100 people, two, two people yeah. who were there are probably like, yeah, I'm going to go home and implement that. Right. But what if that person who was in your presentation live the first time, then comes across your video on YouTube and then on the podcast and then is like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Now I'm going to implement it. I've worked with people who are like, I listened to what you said for like a year and then all of a sudden it clicked. I've been that way. People have told me things like it's um, the greatest problem with communication is when we think it's occurred. I think that's Hemingway or someone famous. And how many times have you told someone something and they're like, okay, and then they don't do it or they don't do it the way you told them. You're like, what was the disconnect here? I told you exactly what to do. Yeah, you said that. I heard this. So sometimes you need to hear it 15 different ways before you put the complete picture together. Do you ever see the meme 
of the elephant and all the scientists are all blindfolded touching the elephant? Like different parts of the elephant, right? Like, yeah. Oh, it's a tree because they're touching my leg. And oh, it's a fire hose because they're touching my trunk. And oh, it's a whatever. We get incomplete pictures in the world. But as the sender of the message, I'm so clear. There's no way you could misconstrue my message. Of course yeah. there is. Because we all have different lived experiences. We are all at different parts of, you know, I'm a PT and you're a PT, which means we've had the exact same experiences. Of course not. Of course Definitely not. not. So that's not. why, I, you know, the, the definition of marketing or the fun definition of marketing is saying the same thing a thousand ways, not saying a thousand things the same way. That doesn't work. And uh, it's really universal as I, you know, a, a lot of people have kids who are at CSM and stuff like that because they're of that age. And I go, oh, yeah, all you got to do is tell your kid once to do something and they <laughs> automatically do it. No, of course not. Adults are no, are no, are no different. Treat them, same. treat them, treat them same. the same. Treat them the samely, the samely. Treat them the same way. Um, so I was excited, obviously, about communication. I'm going to give that presentation in just a couple minutes. I'm so, so excited. Yeah. I got to be dead honest, though. I am pretty um, relaxed in front of a camera and a microphone. And, mo and a lot of times, I probably don't share some things out of psychology because I probably think, ah, would anybody care about this? Or I probably need more time to make it perfect. So I let perfect be the enemy of good myself. And I share a lot often. But I got to be honest, I get stuck by that too, which is why I'm able to call people out on it because I'm like, I'm guilty of this as well. You know me as the guy who shares 90% of what comes out of into his brain. It immediately flies out of my mouth. But there are a lot of things. Like this presentation, I was going to wait a few weeks because I was like, oh, maybe I'll just like really hone it down. And then I was like, no, you need to practice what you just stood in front of 100 researchers and preached. So that's why I'm just like, I'm just going to do it live. I'm going to do it live now. Perfection is the enemy of progress. Yeah, that's also true. You know what else I heard? I've gotten, and maybe you did too, I got, and I don't get a ton of direct messages from episodes that I release. So when I see one, I'm like, oh, that, that probably stands for like a hundred people or a couple hundred people. <laughs> um, I got three DMs in the last week from the episode that we did impromptu on, on grief. <gasps> three. Oh, and, that makes one, me so one person, and one person who came up to me at CSM and pulled me aside and she was like, I don't, you know, I don't just want to say this quietly because it's really personal obviously yeah. super personal um so i got three dms and a person stopping me that's four people you know it wasn't four people who that helped oh 100 first of all it helped me because it was therapeutic so that's another person but i got three dms and a person pulled me aside at csm and said thank you for doing that an episode on grief on our podcast because we're physical therapists doesn't make any sense but it does but it does but it does um, so that felt really good. It really, it, it, it's, it felt really good. So I'll say if you see someone present something or share a video or do like, they're not getting as, as many direct messages as you probably, as you might think. And it does matter because now that just told us, Hey, that was cool. The next time you have a crazy idea that doesn't fit. Yeah. Might. And if it's, if again, I did a presentation of a room full of a hundred people knowing that two might actually, I'm okay with that, that odds. Because um, now I want to do a presentation on YouTube where a thousand people might see it. And now that's not two, it's 20. And I like I like them odds. I like those numbers. And to extrapolate further, Jimmy, you know, there's two researchers, let's call them researchers, who were in the audience at your presentation. How many patients 
yeah. are they going to impact through their work now? So, you know, yes, it was two, but how many? Is well, where's that, that going to really? go? But I know we look at the Mr. Beasts of the world and we compare. I am guilty of this. I compare myself totally. to totally. Super, and I'm like, you know, my, my, I just started doing YouTube or sharing my interviews via YouTube seriously six months ago. Yeah. And my, and my episodes get 30, 40, 100 views. And I'm like, awesome. that's so weird. No, but to me, I compare it to Mr. Beast and I'm like, my videos. Oh, yeah. Right. Compared to right. Mr. Beast, who's doing entertainment videos, not to knock him, he knows how to get attention. I need to be honest and be like, so I would put this in perspective with someone else. Imagine you had a con imagine you went to a random bar on a Thursday and gave a 20 minute presentation on something you cared about and were knowledge about, and a hundred people showed up. You'd be elated. The hundred people on YouTube didn't necessarily show up at the same time and place. They didn't have to, but a hundred people saw that and learned from it. And a percentage of those people were going to take that and use that. Yeah. So suddenly a hundred compared to Mr. Beast's a million or 10 million is a drop in the bucket, but it's, it's when you flip it, it's a different thing. So I want you to stop picturing yeah. things. This, and this is therapy for me. Stop picturing things in terms of comparison with someone else. Cause I'm, when you mm -hmm. look back at Mr. Beast's first videos, they got 30, 40, a hundred views. And now the dude right. was like, Oh, I need to understand. I need to change how I communicate and I will get, no, I change how I communicate and they will be, received better then i get more views right the goal and for mr beast i think the goal isn't necessarily views it's to put out good stuff because he has that he's able to do stuff with his videos where he's giving money away and you yeah know, buying people cars and stuff like that so um i think he i think use him as an example of just changing communication principles and then the audience goes yes and then the world beats a path to your door Mm -hmm. um you didn't you put something out you created a new resource and we didn't talk about that at all so what is it i sure did so last week right before csm so i've been working with shy sewell for the past two years and we have published the first ever oncology rehab a pocket guide which is written for yeah. clinicians by clinicians and it is now available on the oncopt.com slash pocket guide and it literally fits in your scrub pockets because we tested we tested it and it's a quick on the go resource that is going to help you be able to show up to your next oncology patient and have an inkling of where do I get started with this person? And that's let's all do, you need. Let's do something live right now. This is what okay, I do. Let's do it. Lines. What is the problem that the person reading this, we, there might be lots of problems. So let's pick one. What's the biggest problem that someone who needs your guide would be facing? What is the leak? I don't the maybe the leaky faucet leading to water damage for this person? What is the problem? Oncology rehab information is hard to find and scattered. Good. What's the agitation? Without this, what-, what I am unable to know what I need to know to treat my patients. Got it. What's the solution? The oncology rehab pocket guide. And then what's the outcome after you get the pocket guide? You are going to be able to walk into your next patient visit who has cancer and know exactly what you need to do to get to get started. Good. I would improve slightly on that with the outcome Excellent. and the out the solution is fine. Keep the solution very simple. Perfect. Like, buy this, right? Like look at Amazon. Buy now. Buy There's now. System, right? <laughs> What's the solution? The guide. In the outcome, use emotion words. I like the words mm -hmm. confident competent because those are things that pts like to use because that's really what we're, it's imposter syndrome forever right. confident 
like I want to feel like I, I I understand this, but I also want to know I'm not just not fake confidence. So that's why I like compare Ooh. and and um, it's alliteration. It's confident and competent, right? Two C's. So steal that. I use it all the time. I don't think it ever gets old for me. It's con- I, this, oh, no. when you are done, you will feel confident and competent. And those are the things we deep down and we want to we want to know that we're doing the best thing. We also want to freaking feel it. Right. Is the thing. Right. So there's some free. But do you see how like using peso and the more you go over it, especially when you write it down, see if you can say it in the in the fewest words possible. Yeah. You also did it without me prompting it. You did it in a story. You said, imagine you walk in. Oh, walk in. See a patient. Okay. You didn't tell me a story. Or sorry, you didn't tell me about a story. You told me the story. Yes. But you can but you can do that a hundred different ways. So you can run a Facebook ad or a, or or you know Google keywords and you can focus on peso. It's very simple. It's four steps. Um, and you're gonna see it everywhere now. This is like gate analysis. Mm-hmm. Once you learn like gate analysis, you're watching people you on really do. and you're like, I can't not look at that person's uh walk. All right, I have to prepare for my lesson. I can't wait, Jimmy. Let's wrap up this episode with a parting shot. What do you want to wrap up as we are one week past CSM? Only 51 more weeks before next CSM. I mean, we're not counting down or anything. If not you, then who? I like that. Yeah. Complain about it and you get nothing. Do something about it and you might not, you're not going to solve it that day. I got bad news for you. Not going to solve it that day. Good news is long term, I like them odds. Right. I, I was very okay. Come on, we all walk into a presentation, you're like a hundred people are here. Nice. All one hundred of them are gonna love this. <laughs> They're not. They're not, because we're big dumb animals. I might mm-hmm. need to go to CSM for the next seven years. Even better. I go to CSM one year, someone else sees it and they give a presentation somewhere else with mm-hmm. what they learned and built on. And to me, that's how good good info make make good work well known. And I just, I like them odds, you know? All right. Um, wh- why don't we, uh, we'll drop a link to the uh, the pocket guide in the show notes, the whole nine yards. And uh, good on you for doing that. Uh, I pat myself in the back when I read a book. <laughs> yeah. And that's wanted. a good thing. That's a very good thing. I've never sat down and be like, you know what the world needs? My words in print. Because I don't understand what I'm, gonna say until after my my you're hearing at the same time i am my brain is just like get it out get it out but good on you for for you and shy for for sitting down and saying this is necessary there's a problem here's the agitation let's create the solution so we can achieve that outcome it's all about peso so my parting shot will be it's all about pesos uh elise same uh bat time same bat channel next time and we promise the show this live stream will never ever jump the shark (laughs) 